Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello there. I am Henry Shulman, the Giants beat reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle. And I'm Susan Slusser, the A's beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle. And we are doing another joint A's Plus Giants double play podcast. You guys enjoyed those so much uh, during the winter meetings. And today we're going to talk about the five questions for each team, the Giants and A's, going into spring training. And we'll try to answer them right after this. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, we are back for this joint A's Plus Giants Double Play podcast. I'm Henry Schulman, the Giants Beat Reporter. Susan Slusser, the A's Beat Reporter, is here as well. And each year, uh, if you've been following, if you read the paper for a long time, you know that spring training is around the corner, so it's time for us to ask the five key questions for each team going into spring training. We'll have a story on this in the paper, but we want to give you a little bit of a head start. And uh, what we're going to do is uh, Susan and I are going to ask each other the five key questions for the teams that uh, each other covers, and we'll try and give you a, a little bit of a, a sense of what the answers might be. And we're going to do this countdown style uh, because that seems to be very popular in uh, in radio and podcasting and whatnot. So let's get right to it. Uh, we will start with the number five question for the A's going into spring training, and that question is, Susan, what is up with the catcher spot? Well, that's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> so this is going to be a short, really short podcast. So, well, you know, the A's failed to re-sign Jonathan Lucroy, who got a very reasonable contract from the Angels, but they'd still like an everyday catcher. I'm not quite sure how they're going to find one for less than about $2.6 million. Matt Wieters is on there. Uh, radar. Uh, there are a few other guys out there. None of them are really too exciting. What they need is either a left-handed hitting option or, like Weeders, a switch hitter. So he's he's probably the top of the heap for now. Last year, remember, the A's did not sign a catcher until uh, they did not sign Lucroy until mid-March when they realized that Bruce Maxwell was not going to be the answer. Uh, so this could be very much a TBA situation, but I cannot imagine the A's going to the regular season with Josh Fegley and Chris Herman as their two catchers. So uh, that is something we will continue to keep an eye on. Great. So this brings me to our first Giants question, number five. Uh, counting backwards. Is there another Derek Rodriguez in the Giants system ready to surprise in 2019? That's what the Giants need. Uh, you know, Bruce Bochy always says that if, if you're going to win, you, you need your regulars to come through and you need a couple of surprises. And Derek Rodriguez and to a lesser extent, uh, Andrew Suarez, both surprised last year when the Giants needed help in the rotation. Uh, but Rodriguez sort of established himself as a guy uh, who could be uh, maybe a number three or a number two type starter. The problem is uh, that if you look at the top of the Giants farm system, 
they really don't have anyone you can look at right now and go, okay, this guy really has a chance to come up this year and do something, at least players that the Giants know. One thing that Farhan Zaidi has done um, in since he came on board is he's picked up a lot of, uh, I guess you'd call them 4A players or discards from other organizations uh, whom he believes could come up and and, and make an impression. And one of them uh, is an outfielder named uh, Drew Ferguson, who was in the Astros system for a long time. You have a reliever named Kieran Lovegrove, a South African. Uh, Henry Ramos, uh, who uh, we'll talk about a little bit later in another question, uh, the brother of Elliot Ramos. So I guess the, what, uh, a surprise means surprise. So right now, you, they just some teams do not have that guy you say, you know what, like a Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, you, you, this guy's going to come up in May and he's just going to tear the cover off the ball. Um, and uh, so we'll have to see. And I think we'll find out maybe in spring training who the candidates are. And uh, we'll take a, We'll now go to Susan uh, with a pitching question, uh, number four. I guess I could ask this about the Giants as well, but that's not one of my questions. Number four, Susan, will the A's be using an opener this year? And if so, how much? Well, uh, you know, this is uh, many of the A's questions are, are centered around the rotation because they're uh, going into the spring. There's so many question marks. And this is one of the biggies. The, the, David Forst has indicated the A's are very open to using an opener again, as they did um, most of September and notably in the wild card game with mixed results. I think they were four and five in the regular season games. They used an opener and, uh, and of course, they lost that wild card game to the Yankees. Uh, the spring is a good time to experiment with it, right? Uh, the A's spring is strange because they're going to Japan. That cuts it short about a week. Uh, I'm not sure how you do you use an opener and then have the, the starters who need to get their innings in come in second. Do you schedule a lot of B-League games? Do you send guys over to minor league camp to try out opening? But I have a feeling that that we will see some A's relievers run through kind of a, a little bit of a circuit to see who maybe is good at it. I think Andrew Triggs probably is in the mix for it, along with Liam Hendricks, who did such a nice job last year, and probably several others. But, you know, really the issue with using an opener, much the A's have virtually no one in their rotation right now except firmly, except for Mike Fires and Marco Estrada. But you really can't use three openers a week. You need a bigger roster to be able to do that. You can maybe do it twice a week at a push. Um, so it is something they're going to do. I just don't know how much, given roster limitations. They'd really have to use like a 17-man a pitching staff and, and go with like maybe Chad Pinder as their backup catcher and everything else. So I, I, don't, I don't really see it. 17-man pitching staff sounds great. Yeah, I, th- I think that that, uh, that probably is, is is the way the A's would certainly like to go, along with several other teams. So let's look at uh, what the Giants' number four question is, and that is, who will man the outfield on opening day? I'm actually very interested in this answer. Manny, Moe, and Jack. <laughs> and if you're too young to understand that reference, ask your grandfather. Um, that's, you know, uh, one of our editors, before we came down to tape this podcast, one of our editors was working on a chart and he said, Hey, uh, could you come over here and tell me who the left fielder, center fielder and right fielder are going to be? And I gave him the old Jackie Gleason, homina, 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 homina. Um, right now the giants do not have an outfield. I mean, they just do not have an outfield. And this is, is a, the latest developing market. There are still plenty of outfielders out there. I was at Peter McGowan's uh, memorial service the other day and one of the front office types, um, you know, he asked me when I was going to spring training and, uh, I said, well, I'm going to get there on Monday. And he, uh, he said, well, hopefully we'll have an outfield outfielder for you by then. Um, uh, so I, I think this, the answer to this question is going to change. And, uh, at the moment, 
Um, they just don't have a lot of outfielders on their roster, and they have n- practically none with major league experience. But I had to give my editor an answer, so I told him Austin Slater in left field, Stephen Duggar in center field, and Mac Williamson in right field, assuming Mac comes back from his uh, concussion okay. But that is not what the opening day outfield is going to be like, at least uh, if the Giants want to sell any tickets, and it's nothing against those three guys. But, you know, they need some heft to their lineup, and that's where they need to get the heft. So that's going to be one of those questions that truly is ongoing as the spring progresses. Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'd like to. You know, I, I might be a might be a fifteen inch feature uh, for me if uh, if they sign him. Yeah, yeah, um, that probably not big news. Hey, Adam Jones. There are a lot of nice, nice. No, nice I mean still Adam Jones, That's Carlos sort of- Gonzalez, uh, Marwin Gonzalez. Uh, you know, he's a guy who can play anywhere. He's a terrific player. A Bor- I've seen a Boris him a ton, yeah. I, He's pretty be perfect for what the Giants want. Um, you know, there's a guy named Derek Dietrich out there who is mainly an infielder for the Marlins, but he they moved him out to left field and. He was fine. So I think one of these guys the Giants are, are probably going to sign. Um, I'm going to ask you about a young guy for the number three A's question going into spring training, and it's about Jesus Lazardo. Is he on the roster for the few the first few weeks of the season, or does the A's top prospect need more seasoning? From everything I hear, the A's are pretty certain that Jesus Lazardo will be in the – I never know what to say. With the A's going to Japan to open the season, he probably wouldn't pitch in one of those first two games, which means he probably wouldn't pitch until maybe like the sixth, seventh, eighth game of the season. So opening week rotation, I'm not sure if that's actually accurate. I think he is in their initial rotation of whatever form it is. You know, who knows? Maybe they wind up using an opener twice and decide they want to – manipulate some service time. The A's don't usually do that. They're not a team that cares that much about service time. Um, you know, often, as you as you know, by the time players get expenses in arbitration, if the A's feel like they need to tra- trade them, they will. So they don't care quite that much. Uh, and they have the need. And Jesus Lizardo is clearly one of the top prospects in baseball. He's left-handed. Uh, he's got four-plus pitches. Every scout I talked to in the offseason when I wrote about him uh, as a potential difference maker for this year said that uh, Jesus Lizardo was was ready to go right now in the big leagues, and, and some feel like he's got uh, potential all-star stuff, certainly potential rookie of the year type stuff uh, if he is pitching for the A's the bulk of this season. So I expect that we will see him quickly, but you know what? Going into last spring, I would have told you we'd see Jarrell Cotton and A.J. Puck in that rotation, and they both wind up going down with injuries. So there is no projecting pitching is what I've learned over the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, the, the service type, type thing is interesting. The old administration with the Giants as well, you know, they cost themselves $10 million uh, back in 2007 by bringing up um, Tim Lincecum like eight days before they could have saved themselves an arbitration year. But their feeling was all it was always, look, you know, when a guy's ready, a guy's ready. Now we'll see if uh, the Giants do that under Farhan Zaidi. Yeah, I'm not sure the A's would wait. If it was just eight days, I, I think maybe they might decide to go ahead and wait the eight days. Yeah. But, but yeah, when it's, uh, you know, or April versus June, I think that they would go for the, the April, especially given their need right now. You know, if they had... Uh, four strong starters, maybe not, but they just don't. So we now move on to your next question, which is uh, number three. Can the Giants get bounce-back season seasons from their veterans? You know, I, I think everyone assumes that because the Giants' offense has been so terrible, and I mean, that the, you know, the veterans have been so terrible, they all have these big immovable contracts, um, that they're all going to be terrible again in 2019. And I don't blame the fans for... For thinking that, because, uh, I mean, this is a show-me business, but you have a bunch of guys coming back from, you know, one type of injury or another. You know, you have uh, 
uh, Jeff Samarja, whose season was ruined. Uh, you know, even Madison Bumgarner, whose season, uh, you know, started with him uh, having a broken hand. Uh, you have uh, Evan Longoria at third base, who just injury was a small part of his his thing. Um, but you know, he had a bad first season with the Giants, and of course, the big name in the list is Buster Posey, who. You know, he hit five home runs last year, all in the beginning of the season before he severely injured his hip. He's had the hip surgery now. And I think the Giants are counting on some some of these guys actually bouncing back and, and playing the way that uh, they were supposed to play or maybe nearly the way they were supposed to play when they were acquired by the previous administration. And uh, Farhan Zaidi, I don't know if he's just paying these guys lip service uh, or whether he really believes it, but, you know, he, he called this a, a – uh, championship roster core uh, just the other day and um, I, I think that uh, you know we talked about surprises with the Giants before we were talking about surprises in terms of minor leaguers but I, th- I think it would be a pleasant surprise for the Giants if if Evan Longoria uh, instead of starting like 0 for 18 or whatever he did comes out of the gate a little hot if Jeff Samarja's shoulder is okay and he can actually give them six innings uh, you know if Mark Melanson who actually looked decent at times toward the end you know there's another big bad contract if he can come out and you know give them an inning uh every so often in the in the sixth or seventh inning uh you know to help the back end of the rotation I think the Giants will benefit greatly and you know whether they win a division because of that I I don't know probably not but uh it would make them a more interesting team and you know I think right now that's what a lot of fans just want they just want a more interesting team amen to that well, we'll now move to the number two question. So now we're really starting to get to the uh, nitty-gritty here. Uh, yes, I do use terms like nitty-gritty. I apologize. Um, so the number two question for the A's going into spring training, what will the rotation look like? Well, we've kind of touched on this. I mean, really, that's all the A's questions do center around this pitching issue. Uh, and I alluded a little bit to uh, Mike Fires, who the A's non-tendered and then brought back uh, on a, a different contract. And uh, Marco Estrada, who they signed for, to a one-year deal last week, uh, it's really hard to say after that. Probably Jesus Lazardo, probably an opener. And then you got to pick him from a bunch of guys who maybe is Daniel Mingdon the follower? He might be the follower. He did a very nice job doing that in September. I have a lot of follower uh, baseball cards. Do you, yeah. do you have a lot of followers? That's my favorite. It's a, I wonder if there will be a new stat of some sort for openers and followers, uh, and if there will be some sort of uh, you know actual terminology that winds up, like nobody seems to agree on follower or second guy or whatever. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, Magnum was good in that role. So I suspect maybe he's in that role if they do have an opener. Uh, and then it winds up being, uh, Chris Bassett and, um, Paul Blackburn, who's back from an injury. Andrew Triggs probably moves into relief and might be an opener. And, uh, a few other guys that like Aaron Brooks is, uh, still back. The A's acquired him down the stretch last year, and he's probably in contention for a spot. Grant Holmes is back from a shoulder injury. Uh, so it's a little bit pick em. Uh, a, a pretty nice competition, I think. Uh, and then people always want to know how all the injured guys are doing. Uh, Blackburn is healthy. Triggs is healthy. James Caprillion probably wouldn't be considered for a spot on the major league roster because he hasn't pitched really in two years. Uh, but he's healthy uh, after Tommy John surgery. And he was the key in the Sunny Gray trade. Key deal, in the right? Sunny Gray trade. Yeah. Um, and he's a monster when healthy. Uh, everyone uh, seems to agree. Uh, Tommy John surgery, and then a shoulder surgery. I mean, not surgery, so shoulder injury. Uh, and that which that's that's tough, and that's some some red flags there when you wind up with a shoulder injury right after Tommy John. 
So um, he, he is good to go for the spring. I'm going to be very interested in seeing him. He's a guy that the A's could see on the major league roster at some point this year, but he's going to need some minor league time. A.J. Puck um, could be able to pitch in big league games by midseason. Jarrell Cotton maybe a little bit sooner, maybe even late May, something like that, uh, after Tommy John surgery. Daniel Gossett probably out for the season, uh, and, and I know I'm fr- there's so many injured guys. I know I'm probably forgetting a few in there, but um, I think the main thing the A's look at is they look at that group of injured players, especially the really good young guys, Holmes and Caprillion, uh, Dalton Jeffries, a Cal guy. Uh, He's also coming off a Tommy John. He was in lockstep with Caprillion, so he's actually a little ahead of him because he didn't have any complications. Um, They look at that as, you know, next year, they really could be looking, if all those guys are healthy, they could be looking a heck of a really good young rotation. This year, I really don't know what to tell you after after Fires and Estrada. It could be some openers and Lizardo and who knows. It could be just like a, an old-fashioned spring training <laughs> where you go in there and the guy who's the guys who play the best get the most innings yeah. and the most starts. Yeah. I mean, it could. I think it's going to be a fluid situation. Mm-hmm. It will give me plenty to write about is, I think, the, the main thing. So for the Giants um, – Here's one that I think will raise some eyebrows. Number two question for you, Henry. Will Madison Bumgarner be traded? Yeah, I mean, uh, two and one. Uh, the first two questions uh, for me were easy this year, but we'll start with Bumgarner at number two. And uh, I think Bumgarner is going to be the opening day starter for the Giants. I don't think they're going to trade him in spring training. Uh, what we've seen in past years is that in the offseason, the, the market for starting pitchers, especially high-level starting pitchers, is not very strong, the trade market, because teams really kind of want to see what they have uh, first in their own systems and on their rosters uh, before they commit to giving away some high-level prospects. Uh, and, and in this case, I think they want to see what Bumgarner can do. I mean, uh, Bumgarner's had two... Uh, years shortened by injury. He really hasn't been Bumgarner of old for the last two years. And I think what the Giants uh, probably will do is uh, have Bumgarner start the season with them and hope he has a good year. And then hope that as we get toward the middle of the year, uh, you get to do uh, the trade deadline time. And now you got a bunch of teams that uh, are in contention, all kind of stepping over each other and, and competing and, and needing to get the uh, that big guy for their rotation. You know, the, the Red Sox, the best thing for the Giants would be if the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Astros, and the Indians, uh, and teams like that, uh, although I think the Indians are kind of backing off a little bit, but teams like that all needing that one big starter, you get them in a bidding war. And you know what? If the Giants actually surprise some folks if there's another year like last year where the National League West is really tepid and the Giants are only a few games out as they get to the trade deadline and they you know they can honestly look in the mirror and say if, if we can add we might be able to compete maybe they hold on to Bumgarner for the rest of the year um, uh, try and get you know get a qualifying offer as he goes into free agency and and take the draft pick uh, later on but uh, I, I'm fairly I feel fairly safe that that Bumgarner's not going to be traded right now. Well, that's that's fascinating. I mean, that's uh, what an institution he is. Yeah, I mean, you know, you win three World cha- uh, World Series championships and you you be the hero like you did in 2014. It's awfully tough to trade a guy like that. But, you know, I think fans are starting to expect that maybe Farhan Zaidi is not going to have that sort of uh, emotional connection to him like the past administration. You know, the A's need a starter or two, so... 
Yeah, um, you know what? He has. Uh, I need to something. I need to find out. He has eight teams on his. Uh, I think it's eight teams on his no trade list. I got to find out what they are and see if Oakland is is one of them. But Jeff Samarja can be traded to the A's. He usually. He agrees, so yeah. they might be able to He liked to get his him. time in, in Oakland, I, and the A's love him. Yeah, yeah. And, I'd, uh, take, I'd take Samarja back in a second. What a great dude. Yep, yep. Bob, Bob Melvin's a big fan. I think the front office are big fan. So let's what make a great that one. transition. Let's make this one happen. What a great transition into <laughs> oh, the Samarja. number one question. Yeah, I'd like to say I thought of that transition, uh, but I didn't. And this is a question, of course, that we uh, have been asking and listening to you talk about uh, for you know better part of two months now. Will Kyler Murray report? On February 15th. Well, he might be making a decision soon enough that maybe even by the time you're listening to this podcast, this question might be moot. So I think I'm probably going to have to write a, a substitute uh, question to add to this for uh, for a later date, just in case. But yeah, the Kyler Murray question is really going into the spring. The number one, the, certainly nationally, it's the biggest question about the A's. Will he or will he not? Heisman Trophy winner coming off a lot of momentum for football. A lot of football people seem to feel like Kyler Murray's heading to play football and would probably not report to the A's on, the, on February 15th. My impression is he will either choose baseball and will report, or he will choose football and will not report. He's not going to report and then say like, oh, hey, pay me my signing bonus and then take off. It doesn't work like that. Anyway, you don't get paid for spring training. Uh, you get paid incrementally with your signing bonus. He would have to pay it all back uh, if he chooses to go the NFL route. As you know, Henry, he, the A's retain his rights. We've discussed this before. Um, so if he goes, if he winds up not getting drafted where he wants, um, presumably he can, he can come back to the A's and say, uh, gosh, uh, how much of that signing bonus would you like to give me back? And I think the A's want him enough that I think they would probably uh, make it worth his while should he decide to, to change his mind at any point, you know, even if he gets drafted and, and you know, plays a year and doesn't like or the way things are going or anything. I think the A's would always welcome him back. You know, they've, they've floated the idea of putting him on their 40-man roster. I think if he reports February 15th, I think pretty shortly after that, they would announce that they've got a new contract for him and he's on the 40-man roster. They've already said they'd plan for him to essentially spend the entire spring with them. I'm not sure if that includes maybe even the Japan trip. They can take some extra players. They, they can bring 28 with them uh, and then sort of declare healthy scratches like, like hockey. So they could do something like that. Uh, I, I think that uh, he will have some potential future in baseball, even if he chooses football. But that's the one thing we are all looking at really, really carefully right now. And so, yeah, it is funny that you mentioned Samarja, since he, he's one of the guys that chose baseball over football, and I think he would tell you he made the right decision. I also think it's funny that both of us ha have uh, one of our key questions is something that may not be a key question <laughs> in a week, because, uh, you know, I, I'm saying who's going to man the outfield. You're saying is Kyler Murray going to report and and this is you know i mean these questions can still are, are yet to be answered you and i don't usually have um like questions that are so uh open-ended going into spring training where we might even have to write some new questions ahead of time i mean if murray is uh, spotted in a you know in a mesa uh cocktail lounge i don't know if he drinks or not but a, a mesa establishment we'll have our answer there and you know similarly the giants could sign you know, an outfielder or two in the next week, and, yeah. you know, we'll Same have to rewrite. Catcher. I mean, a lot of the A's questions are things that could be decided, you know, within the next week or two. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, that's it's all around baseball. This The free agent market has really uh, changed kind of the way business is done with baseball with so many. You know, there's 
there are always a few guys who signed during spring training. There are always a few trades made during spring training. But I don't remember this big an inventory, particularly on the outfield and pitching side of it. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing. Uh, you know, the A's add a reliever yesterday, Jerry Blevins, an uh, old friend, Jerry Blevins, who is very popular with the A's. That's a nice move for them. It was a minor league deal, but I would imagine he will make the big league roster. Bob Melvin's a big fan. Everyone with the A's is, remembers what he did with them before. And they really need a second lefty. Um, but in past years... If they wanted a second lefty, they would have gone out and probably done something like that around the winter meetings. I, you know, do the winter meetings need? Do those dates need to be changed? Do, do they need to have the winter meetings more in January now? I have one it's, in I have one in uh, Florida and one in Arizona. Just the three days before <laughs> spring training starts. Who's left? The yep. who's left exactly. winter who's, meetings? Who's left winter meetings? Uh, with Machado goes to the West Coast and. Uh, right, Harper goes around. to the East Coast. Yeah, or, I think yeah. Machado wants to be on the East Coast and Harper wants to be on the West Coast. Yeah, that's funny. I, you know what? You you and I had to take a different um, kind of tactic on our five questions, too. Um, certainly you this year. Um, I always do it pretty much as spring training uh, based, really, like what to look for during the spring training. Whereas and you and this year, um, it's more like kind of a season thing. But I think with the Giants and, and given uh, kind of what they're looking at, maybe that makes more sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I think the question, my number one question, which you're about to ask me, is a, is a big sign of that. I mean, this Oh, is yeah. Not, do I still have to ask you a question? You still have to ask question? me the question, oh, yeah. Oh, darn it. <laughs> oh, this is a big one, isn't it? Yeah, it's a big one. Number one on the hit parade. <sighs> okay, you ready? I'm ready. Is this Bruce Bochy's final season as manager? You know, this is the question I put number one because it's the number one question fans ask me uh, all, all off season, And, uh, you know, I, I tend to think this is going to be his last season. I mean, all the signs point toward it. Uh, he's got one year left on his contract. you got a new head of baseball operations who probably wants to bring in his own guy. Things can always change. Uh, you know, I mean, you, they could end up surprising, winning a lot of games. Uh, Zadie and Bochi could get along real well. But, you know, you have some differences there. I mean, Zadie is very much a new school general manager or baseball operations president. And Bruce Bochi has promised that he's open to the new ways of thinking. But, you know, he's going to have to change a lot. It's not just uh, using an opener or pulling a guy after 80 pitches when he's throwing well. But even things like... Uh, you know, Evan Longoria is uh, two for 42 over the last, uh, you know, 14 games, but Bochy's going to stick with him because he's the veteran. He's our guy. And you may have Farhan coming down into the into the manager's office and going, well, no, we're not going to stick with this guy. We're going to put Alan Hansen at third base for a few days, and that's what I want to do. And, oh, by the way, I think Alan Hansen should hit second, and I think you should take Buster Posey and move him down to third. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We might, we, you know, do one of those, uh, you know, like mood rings. You know, we could have a, a chart with a color of Bochi's face, and a, as the redder it, it the redder it gets, uh, it'll be like a meter. The redder it gets, the the more likely it is that uh, he and Farhan are going to have a blow up. And that would have uh, been helpful for me with A's managers over the years. <laughs> yeah, so I think this is it's going to be an ongoing thing, and it's also something that even in spring training, Bochi, Bochi is going to be asked about it. You know how it is in spring training. I mean, we local writers ask our questions every day, and we move on from one topic to the next. But every day you have these national writers coming in from the big newspapers. There are a few left from the websites, and they're going to be in the manager's office, and they're all going to ask the same question. Hey, Boach, is this your last year? Thing is, he wants to keep managing. He's always said you know, he's going to be 63 this year, but um, he's in good health uh, after two heart operations. And he always says the same thing, which is, uh, if I weren't managing and I were sitting home and you asked me what's the one thing I'd want to do, 
He wouldn't say hunting. He wouldn't say fishing. He'd say managing. And uh, so that's what that's going to be a fascinating dynamic as as we go through the whole year. Well, you know what the the bochi thing it, it wound up being a topic over in the ace side last year too because you'll recall that. Uh, Bob Melvin's contract ran through this year, and the A's uh, last offseason denied him the opportunity to talk to the Yankees, but at that point did not extend his contract. There was a lot of thinking on the A's side, and I even heard on the Giants side from a few people that maybe if this was Bochy's last season this year, and if Melvin's contract was not extended, which obviously they, they had to do, he was the manager of the year, so he he winds up with a new contract. But there was a lot of thinking in the A's side last year that Bob Melvin just might move over to the Giants' side, former Giant, Cal guy, and Bay Area guy, um, go from the A's to the Giants. But uh, now that's not an option anymore. But no, no, I don't know where Bochy, you know, I mean, there's really few few West Coast options for Bochy if he chooses to keep managing, and he probably won't have any options with teams that have any chance of winning anytime soon. So it's going to be Bochy this year, and it's going to be Melvin uh, in the A side. And now Melvin has some security, and you know Bochy's got to manage for his job. Boy, that's crazy. It well, is. all it takes is another manager of the year <laughs> trophy, so go for that. Yeah. Well, Susan, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. I think maybe we ought to come up with five more questions. What do you think? I think so. I think that next year we'll do 20 questions. 20 questions. <laughs> uh, but we will do uh, at least one more joint Uh, A's Giants podcast before we head out to spring training. So, um, you know, stay tuned and uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. Giants Double Play is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. You can support Giants Double Play and a lot of great journalism with subscription to the Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. You can find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Hank Shulman, or you can email me at hshulman at sfchronicle.com. Thank you.